In Branch versus St. Bernard's Healthcare, 2022, ARC App 123, the Arkansas Court of Appeals, in partially affirming and reversing and remanding in part, considered a survival and wrongful death lawsuit sounding in medical negligence brought by a mother for the death of her child who was stillborn. By necessity, because of the importance of the procedural history, this review is lengthy. From various summary judgment rulings, plaintiff appealed. Judge Vaught explained, Procedural History On December 21, 2018, just days before the expiration of the statute of limitations, Ms. Branch filed a complaint individually and as parent for her use and benefit and for other statutory beneficiaries of her minor child, A.B., The complaint alleged that the appellees were medically negligent because they failed to timely recognize the signs of severe preeclampsia and provide appropriate treatment, causing injury to Miss Branch and causing A.B.'s death. As indicated above, the complaint sought damages for Miss Branch individually, for A.B.'s estate on a survival claim pursuant to ARC Code and Section 1662-101, and for A.B.'s wrongful death beneficiaries, including Emery Branch, mother of decedent A.B., and Alan Buchanan, father of decedent A.B. On January 29, 2019, after the statute of limitations had expired, one of the defendants named in the complaint, Dr. Serena Vance, moved to dismiss the wrongful death claim. Dr. Vance argued that the wrongful death statute Art Codan Section 1662-102B requires actions to be brought by the personal representative of the decedent's estate, or if no personal representative exists, the action must then be brought by all of the statutory beneficiaries of the deceased person. The doctor asserted that Ms. Branch is not the personal representative of A.B.'s estate, and not all of A.B.'s statutory beneficiaries are joined as plaintiffs to the action, because A.B.'s father, Alan Buchanan, is not named a plaintiff in the action. For these reasons, Dr. Vance asserted that the wrongful death claim was a nullity. The remaining defendants later adopted Dr. Vance's motion to dismiss. On March 11, 2019, St. Bernard's, the registered nurses named as defendants in the complaint, and St. Bernard's Insurance Company moved for partial summary judgment on the survival claim. This motion was also later adopted by the remaining defendants. In the motion, the defendants asserted that Ms. Branch lacked standing to bring a survival claim on behalf of A.B.'s estate because Art Codan Section 1662-101-A1 provides that only his personal representative could pursue such a claim. The motion further contended that any amendment to add Ms. Branch as the administrator of A.B.'s estate if she was ever so appointed, would not relate back to the original complaint because the original complaint is a nullity because Miss Branch lacks standing and an amended complaint would constitute the filing of a new suit. On March 13, 2019, Miss Branch filed an amended complaint individually and as the duly appointed personal representative of her unborn child, A.B., deceased. An order appointing Ms. Branch as the administrator of A.B.'s estate, dated March 11, 2019, was attached to the amended complaint. Like the original, the amended complaint asserted that the appellees were medically negligent 
and sought damages for Miss Branch individually, for A.B.'s estate under Arkansas survival statute, and for Miss Branch as A.B.'s sole wrongful death beneficiary. In a departure from the initial complaint, the amended wrongful death claim asserted that the wrongful death beneficiaries include only Emory Branch, mother of decedent A.B., and the putative father of the decedent, Alan Buchanan, has not legitimized A.B. and as such is not recognized under Arkansas law as a statutory beneficiary or heir at law. On March 19, 2019, Dr. Vance filed a reply in support of her motion to dismiss, which the remaining defendants also adopted. The reply incorporated the arguments in Dr. Vance's first motion to dismiss and additionally argued that the amended survival and wrongful death claims could not relate back to the timely filed initial complaint. Among other things, the doctor argued that the original claims were nullities because Miss Branch lacked standing and therefore provided nothing to which the amended complaint could relate back. Additionally, Dr. Vance asserted that individual heirs at law, like Miss Branch in the original complaint, are entirely distinct legal persons from even the same individuals in their later capacity as appointed administrators, and thus different parties. As a result, an amended complaint that substitutes the original plaintiff and replaces her with an entirely new plaintiff does not constitute an amendment to the original complaint, but the filing of a new lawsuit that, if filed beyond the applicable statute of limitations as here, must be dismissed as untimely. Ms. Branch urged the circuit court to deny the motion to dismiss and the motion for partial summary judgment. While she conceded that the survival claim in the original complaint was a nullity because she had not yet been appointed administrator of A.B.'s estate, she argued that the original wrongful death claim remained viable despite Mr. Buchanan's absence as a plaintiff. Specifically, Ms. Branch argued that she sufficed as A.B.'s sole statutory heir under the Supreme Court's decision in Scoggins v. Medlock, 211 Arc 194. Scoggins, she said, directs that a putative father must legally establish his paternity before he can be a wrongful death beneficiary, or as here, a statutory heir necessary to bring suit in the absence of a personal representative. The original wrongful death claim survived because Mr. Buchanan had not yet established his paternity. Therefore, he was not required to be named as a plaintiff in the original complaint. Ms. Branch further argued that the amended survival claim should not be dismissed because it arose from the same conduct, transaction, or occurrence set forth in the original, allegedly viable, wrongful death claim. On October 8, 2019, the circuit court entered an order granting the motion to dismiss the wrongful death claim and granting the motion for summary judgment on the survival claim. Regarding the wrongful death claim, the circuit court observed that Scoggins was distinguishable because it involved an interpretation of Arkansas paternity statutes and a putative father's claim to wrongful death benefits in a lawsuit properly filed by the personal representative of the stillborn child. The circuit court also observed that the wrongful death statute does not mandate the entry of a formal order of paternity. Rather, whoever the decedent's father is, he is an heir at law and a wrongful death beneficiary under, under the plain meaning of Art Codan section 1662-102-B and D. Additionally, while an order establishing paternity was never sought, 
there appears to be no dispute that Alan Buchanan is the father of A.B., as alleged in the original complaint. Consequently, the circuit court ruled that Miss Branch failed to comply with Art Code Ann Section 1662-102 when she filed the initial complaint without either being appointed personal representative of A.B.'s estate or, alternatively, joining all statutory wrongful death beneficiaries as named plaintiffs. The circuit court also ruled that the amended survival claim did not relate back to the initial complaint. Citing the Supreme Court's decision in Docks v. Hendricks, 2009, ARC 542, the circuit court determined that the survival claim could not relate back to the only viable cause of action that remained, Miss Branch's individual claim for damages. The circuit court observed that Docks and other cases established that an appointed administrator is a legal person entirely distinct from the person bringing individual claims in the original suit. Accordingly, an amended complaint filed by a newly appointed personal representative is a new lawsuit which does not relate back to the initial complaint, and the amended survival claim, therefore, was also barred by the statute of limitations. End of quote. Dismissal of the wrongful death. Reversed. The mother filed the lawsuit without naming the child's putative father. There was no previous paternity action. The mother said she was the sole heir as a result. She cited Scoggins v. Medlock, 2011, ARC 194, for the proposition that one must be named, but the circuit court reasoned the father was a wrongful death beneficiary under the Act, and the failure to name him was fatal. The Court of Appeals reversed the dismissal of the wrongful death claim, however. Quote, As stated, the question here is whether a putative father must legally establish his paternity before he can be one of the heirs at law necessary to bring a wrongful death claim for the death of an unborn child. Miss Branch contends that the Supreme Court has affirmatively answered that question in two cases, Scoggins and Brewer v. Poole, 362 ARC 1. Scoggins, according to Miss Branch, holds that a putative father cannot be a wrongful death beneficiary under subsection 102D until he legally establishes his paternity. She contends that necessarily means, according to Brewer, that a putative father is not an heir at law under subsection 102B until his paternity is legally recognized. The appellees respond that the rules of statutory construction confine our analysis to the plain and unambiguous language in the wrongful death statute, and there is no provision requiring a father's paternity to be legally recognized in order to be a beneficiary or heir at law. The appellees further argue that Scoggins is distinguishable. Scoggins, they say, involved a wrongful death claim properly filed by the administrator of the decedent's estate and therefore did not address the qualifications necessary to bring a claim as an heir at law under subsection 102b. While we agree that Scoggins is not binding authority on this question, we reverse the circuit court's ruling that the initial wrongful death claim was a nullity. The Supreme Court's comments at the conclusion of the Scoggins opinion are not a holding as Miss Branch claims. In fact, where a discussion or comment in an opinion is not necessary to the decision reached therein, the discussion or comma comment is obiter dictum. The same proposition applies to the Supreme Court's comments in Scoggins. 
The sole issue to Scotted and Scoggins was whether scientific testing was available to Scoggins under Section 910.108. The court's comments regarding his rights under the wrongful death statute were not necessary to answer that question. Accordingly, we are not bound by Scoggins, as Miss Branch suggests. End of quote. The Court of Appeals noted the Scoggins' opinion was helpful, however, and further cited Rager S. Rail Rager v. Turley, 342 Art 223, where an alleged child's paternity claim was to be decided by a separate proceeding. Quote, the Supreme Court's holding in Rager implies a conclusion that Joshua was, was required to establish Thomas's paternity before he could be a wrongful death beneficiary under Section 1662.102d, even without an express requirement in the wrongful death statute that he do so. For that reason, we are more persuaded by Scoggins's corollary dicta suggesting that putative fathers must establish their paternity to claim wrongful death benefits for their children. End of quote. The present decision cited the definition of parent under Art Code N Section 927-30341 and concluded that the putative father has not taken steps to be legally recognized as A.B.'s father. Quote, Consequently, he is not a wrongful death beneficiary under Section 1662.102d or, according to Brewer, an heir at law under Section 1662.102b. End of quote. The Court of Appeals rejected the argument that in loco parentis doctrine applied and noted lack of proof the alleged father actually discharges those obligations. But in reversing, the appellate court added, quote, even assuming that a putative father could stand in loco parentis to his own biological child, that relationship did not arise here because A.B. tragically was not born alive. The circuit court's judgment dismissing the wrongful death claim, therefore, is reversed. End of quote. Dismissal of amended survival claim. Affirmed. Quote, Ms. Branch next argues that the circuit court erred when it ruled that the amended survival claim did not relate back to the timely initial complaint. She asserts that the amended survival claim arises from the same conduct, transaction, or occurrence as the original wrongful death claim and therefore should relate back under Arkansas Rule of Civil Procedure 15C. The appellees respond that Supreme Court precedent establishes that an amended claim that substitutes an entirely new plaintiff, as the amended survival claim did here, cannot relate back to the claim brought in the original complaint because it is not an amendment, but rather a new suit. End of quote. The Court of Appeals, in affirming, reasoned the relation back could not revive the original complaint because it was a nullity. Quote, we must conclude that the circuit court did not err by finding that the amended survival claim was barred by the statute of limitations. Arkansas Code Annotated Section 1662-101A provides that a survival action may be brought by the person injured or after his or her death by his or her executor or administrator. A survival action, in other words, is a statutory action, and pursuant to the statute, only the executor or administrator could bring suit. Miss Branch brought the initial survival claim in her individual capacity and not as administrator of AB's estate, as she was later appointed. 
because she therefore lacks standing under Section 1662-101, the initial survival claim was a nullity, and the amended claim substituting her as the administrator of AB's estate was a new claim that was barred by the statute of limitations. End of quote. Dismissal of an amended wrongful death claim. Reversed. The opinion added that the amendment to the wrongful death claim did not create a new cause of action because she was the only heir there and in the amendment. Quote, We affirm the dismissal of the amended survival claim because the initial claim, which was not brought in the name of A.B.'s personal representative as required by Section 1662-101-A1, was a nullity. We reversed the dismissal of the amended wrongful death claim, however, because Miss Branch validly brought the claim in the original complaint as A.B.'s only heir at law under Section 1662-102-B. End of quote. End of decision.